A preacher went to a city mission hall to bring the word at one of these places where they take in people that need shelter and food. And as he went up to the desk to bring a message from the Bible, he saw taped right on the pulpit desk these words, Sir, we would see Jesus. Somebody got it right. You know, you could go there and preach a social gospel. You could say, you know, blessed are the poor, and take it from this modern mandate that, you know, if you're in that state, God loves you more than somebody else. Blessed are the poor. Well, if you're living in a cardboard box, it's hard to believe that. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and today we go to the message of the cross. To those words of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, where we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. And I trust that this message from the pulpit of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale will be a word of light and grace to your own heart. Today we also have a couple of hymns at Calvary, and to begin with, this hymn beneath the cross of Jesus. And I trust that each day here at Let the Bible Speak, you will delight in the message of the cross, God's way of reconciling men unto himself. May the Lord bless you through his word today. Let's go back to our Bibles again to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we will take our text today from the verse 5, the words of the Apostle Paul in verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. These are the words, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Today's message is going to be on how to recognize Christ-centered preaching. The Apostle Paul was abhorred at the idea of men preaching themselves, or that he would be guilty of merely preaching about himself. You see, Christianity is not about man-made institutions. Christianity is a person. 
It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the head. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He is the author and the finisher. He is the central figure, and it's all about him. You will see here the tendency uh, of which many, I'm afraid, are guilty, preaching ourselves. Now, to preach for ourselves would be to preach for advantage, to promote our own uh, personal cause or benefits, or perhaps our own name, honor, and glory, to preach our own agenda. Perhaps there is some personal cause that we're seeking to promote. And if we were always preaching about St. Patrick, or the culture of St. Patrick, or preaching about Orangeism, or some form of racism, or if we were on the agenda of humanism, man's agenda. These are the things that many, many fall into and are guilty of preaching themselves. Think of the awful tragedy when that happens. The consequences are enormous, and they are always tragic. The truth, uh, then, is sold out. Man is on his own hobby horse, and he is only seeking to promote himself, his own cause, and his own advance, and therefore he will sell out the truth. Uh, that cannot be. Paul the apostle was abhorred at that. The gospel is made utilitarian. That means that it is made a way to serve man. It is made a way to promote man's own agenda, uh, rather than to promote the glory of God and the person and cause of the Lord Jesus. You'll find that in the social gospel, where people have a different agenda, a whole different approach. They call it Christianity, they call it the gospel, but it is not the preaching of Jesus Christ. It is a total departure from it. The tragedy, of course, is that souls are left in darkness. And from the agenda of man, the gospel is diminished and per sometimes ruined and, and perverted so that souls are left in great darkness and in blindness. And over time, the church has changed from being a place of Christian doctrine and godly practice uh, to human intellectualism and to some form of entertainment. Now, in such places, the name church stays, the name Christian stays, the very terms sometimes are, re, are reused but revamped, and therefore it is a preaching of ourselves and not a preaching of the Lord Jesus. Some people uh, in these environments, they say, but it's so biblical. It is so uh, Christ-focused because they are influenced by the terms, and they are swept away by a new agenda. The Word of God warns us of this. In the book of Acts 20 and verse 30, Paul said to the elders at Ephesus, that also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. So it is another agenda. It is a personal focus preaching themselves. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I'll ask you to turn to this because this is paramount, and uh, if we're going to be on guard against agendas that are opposite to or in competition with the preaching of Christ, we need to hear these words of warning. 
1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, and it goes on to talk about forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain uh, and all of that. So here we have uh, a different agenda. Now you think of what's going on in churches today. You think of what's going on in places of religious institutions today. You have all kinds of agendas. And yet they're under the banner of worship. They're under the banner of Christianity. But we are warned that we need discernment. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. We need wisdom. We need to know how to sort out oranges from apples. We need to be able to sift the wheat from the chaff. That's the call of every Christian, every worshiper. You have to be absolutely sure that you are in a church that preaches Christ and not some new man-made agenda. Second Peter chapter 2 also says uh, that there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. How do you know today that I'm not a false teacher? You have to know that. You have to find some means uh, that you may sift the issues. You are to be on guard. You're to be on the lookout for men with personal agendas who preach themselves, who get onto hobby horses or side issues that takes men away from the central glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus. Then you're to run from such men. You're not to sit under a ministry that is going a new direction. Uh, you are to run from it. You're to pray uh, that God will ever lead you uh, to a gospel-focused, Christ-centered ministry, and you're to pray that God in this nation of Canada will raise up men who preach Christ and only Christ and are not diverted off to some other agenda. Pray for missionaries. Pray for the preachers of the cross, that the Lord of the harvest will thrust out laborers to preach what? Preach Christ. And as Paul says, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. A preacher went to a city mission hall to bring the word at one of these places where they take in people that need shelter and food. And as he went up to the desk to bring a message from the Bible, he saw taped right on the pulpit desk these words, Sirs, sir, we would see Jesus. Somebody got it right. You know, you could go there and preach a social gospel. You could say, you know, blessed are the poor and take it from this modern mandate that, you know, if you're in that state, God loves you more than somebody else. Blessed are the poor. Well, if you're living in a cardboard box, it's hard to believe that. If you're living without food daily, it's hard to believe that. What did the Lord Jesus mean by blessed are the poor? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are emptied of their pride and see their need of the Savior. That's the gospel. And this text, we would see Jesus. I trust it's your burden today. And that as you come to the house of God, you don't want to hear all the agendas of men or the opinions of men. You want to hear of Christ 
the Lord Jesus himself. Now, this week, we're having the annual meeting of our church. It's a time of review, and we are inclined to just take a step back and look at the focus that we have as a church. Next Saturday, we will be in this building 19 years. Another reason to think of what are we all about here? Why did we ever erect this building? Why are we here? What's the ministry of the church all about? Paul says, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. I want to give you today five tests of discerning Christ-centered preaching. Because you're called to make that discernment, to make that distinction. And maybe, maybe, you will not always be in Cloverdale. Maybe you'll be way off somewhere else following a job. Maybe you'll be way off somewhere else at school. Maybe you'll be invited to another church or whatever. Or maybe you're here today for the first time and you're wondering, what kind of a church is this anyway? Well, I trust that today that the Lord will help us and equip us to make that discernment. Firstly, preaching that clarifies the reality of Christ's person. That's Christ-centered preaching. Preaching that helps us to clarify the reality of Christ's person. I want you to look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Light. Light. Understanding. Knowledge of God in the face of the Lord Jesus. So Christ-centered preaching is going to give men greater understanding and knowledge and light about the person of the Lord Jesus. Now, before conversion, the apostle Paul was in the darkness. Indeed, he could not understand this name, Jesus Christ. He was an enemy of Christ and persecuted the Christians until that day. On the Damascus road, God saved his soul. And by the bright light of the glory of the Son of God, he was converted. He saw the living Christ. Paul the Apostle from that day's conversion became a preacher of the Lord Jesus and of his glorious reality. If you had asked Paul the Apostle, is Jesus real to you? There was no doubt about it. And everything about the Lord Jesus was absolutely real. But unconverted men, unsaved men are in the darkness and they do not know the Lord Jesus. They may know about the name, but they don't know the real person, nor the power, nor the liberty that the Lord Jesus gives to men. And so the preacher that is called to preach Christ will preach the historical facts of our Lord Jesus, and that he is the eternal Son of God, that in the beginning he was with God and he was God, and he is God. And he came into this world and he was born by an absolute miracle of the virgin birth. And great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. The second person of the Trinity took human nature. The preacher of Christ will preach the facts of who he is, his deity, and also that he became man. He'll preach a sinless life. That this man, Jesus, lived for 33 years 
and he went about doing good, and he knew no sin. He was tempted in all points. He was battered. He was attacked. He was opposed by devil and men, but he sinned not. He is the sinless man. That's the fact. Paul believed in the impeccability, the sinlessness of the Lord Jesus, and every preacher that preaches Christ will preach these facts. They'll preach his voluntary death, that he did not resist going to the cross, but he led down his life. And he went as a lamb to the slaughter, and he, fa he set his face as a flint to go to Jerusalem. And while his disciples would try to say, no, Lord, this cannot be, he said, get behind me. You don't understand. This is my mission. And he went in the plan of God to a cruel cross. You can't deny the facts. 33 AD in the hill of Golgotha outside Jerusalem, our Lord Jesus died on a Roman gibbet and he died for his people. These are the very facts of the gospel. And on the third day he rose again. This is the preacher of Christ. He's going to believe in the miraculous resurrection because Christianity is the religion of the empty tomb. It's not the religion of some mere man, some good man, some extraordinary teacher. No, it's the miraculous Son of God who did miracles and was mighty in his word. The preacher who preaches Christ will also preach the claims of Christ. What did the Lord Jesus say about himself? Well, he called himself that he was the Son of God. He made himself to be equal with God. And for that, the Jews on many occasions tried to stone him. He made those great statements, I am the light of the world. What an amazing statement, the light of the world. Who else could say that? I am the resurrection and the life. And then he went on to prove it by raising Lazarus out of the dead. Although he was a rotting, stinking corpse for four days by then, Jesus proved to men that he's the resurrection and the life. These are the facts to preach Christ. The preacher will preach all these miracles of the Lord Jesus. Any preacher who denies or has to explain away how Jesus walked on water or raised uh, the, uh, the dead or healed the blind... Any man that has to explain away the miracles of the Lord Jesus, he's not preaching Christ. He's preaching some other Jesus, and he'll end up with some other gospel, and he'll have his own agenda. So to preach Christ is to preach the facts, the miracles. And while modernists are busy denying the miracles of Jesus, the Christ-centered preacher will defend and stand up for the great facts of the ministry, the life, and the work of the Lord Jesus. And it's on these very facts uh, that he represents the Son of God. When he's dealing with people one-to-one, -one, counseling them about their problems and their needs, he will say to them, you need Jesus in your life. Why? Because he has the power of God. And someone comes for counsel about their plague of sin and their, and their burden of sin. You need the Son of God in your soul. He can help you. He can save you. He can give you victory. And it is on the premise of the mighty, miraculous person of the Lord Jesus that he becomes a minister of the gospel, preaching Christ. Secondly, that's the first big test. The second one, preaching that expounds something of the redeeming work of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Going back to 2 Corinthians 4, I do have to keep things in context here of this statement of the apostle, we preach Christ Jesus the Lord. I want you to notice in verse 1, in the context of this statement that made by the apostle Paul, he says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, this ministry, what is the ministry? What is the mission? What is the mandate of the, the preaching of the gospel? Well, in this passage, indeed, if you look at chapter 518, you'll see that it is a ministry of reconciliation. A ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? Reconciling God, a holy God, with sinful men. Bringing the God of heaven into the lives and the hearts of men who by nature, by Adamic sin, are rebels to God. The gospel is a ministry of reconciling God to the souls of men and men unto God. And Christ's mission in this world was redemptive. He came into this world to be a redeemer. He became a curse for us. He took our place on the cross to bear away the penalty of sin. A redemption, of course, means to buy out of bondage. And God, in his sovereign grace, he looked upon a fallen world and saw the sons of Adam in bondage to sin. And God decreed that he would bring out of bondage a people through the power of the gospel. And he said to his son, will you go down into that sin-laden, cursed world and become their redeemer to buy them out of their bondage? And Jesus said, Father, yes, but what do I have to do? And the father says, you will have to pay for their sins in the price of your own blood. Because God, justice demands full payment a sacrifice for sin. And our Lord Jesus in the covenant of grace said, Obey the Father. And he came into the world to do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father was Calvary. And there on the cross, he was on a mission. And when they drove those nails into his hands, he did not call for the angels to release him. He did not resist. He laid down his life for us. And as Paul put it in Galatians 4.4, that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son to redeem them that were under the law. And so to preach Christ is to preach his redeeming redemption message and ministry. Everything our Lord Jesus endured, everything he suffered from the cradle to the cross, it was that he might be our redeemer to suffer in our place and purchase us out of the guilt and debt of sin. Preach redemption. And any preacher that has a problem with redemption, any preacher that preaches that the blood was not vicarious substitutionary nor necessary to bring men out of sin, uh, that Jesus is just a great teacher. Jesus is just a good man who came to give us a good example of how we could save ourselves by changing our, tweaking our lives a little bit better, and therefore we would be acceptable to God. That's very far from preaching Christ. We preach not ourselves, we preach Christ 
crucified. And so our Lord Jesus is the, is the central figure in redemption. And whether you start in the book of Genesis or start in the book of Matthew, it's the theme of redemption. And every lamb that is offered in the Bible is points to Christ. Every bullock that shed its blood, every calf, every goat, every sacrifice that is mentioned in the Bible is a pointer to that day when the Son of God would shed his blood. And God's promise to you and me is, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And if you want to know how to be saved, and if you want to know how to get reconciled to God from your rebellious, sinful state, you need Christ as your Redeemer. And if I'm to help you, and if I'm to preach to you the plan of God, how you can be saved and sure of it, and how you can be sure of heaven, I've got to preach redemption. I can't miss the redeeming work of the Lord Jesus. If I miss the redeeming work, I'm not preaching Christ. I'm not preaching the mission of Christ. I'm preaching some other agenda. And so if you're going to a church and the blood of Jesus is not mentioned, the cross work of Christ is explained away as some mere event of history, some mistake of man, uh, then uh, it's not the preaching of Christ. And you have to make the difference. You have to sort out truth from error. You have to come to the conclusion that we're hearing the gospel, and I'm going to bring my family, and I'm going to invite my neighbors and my friends to hear this great message of redemption, because the preacher preaches Christ, and he preaches redemption. Yes, I stand in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 187 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. 
On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. There you can find a link to our Sunday services that are broadcast online. For all this information please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of his precious word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday school for children and adult Bible class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30am. You can contact us using our office number which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. And this is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today and be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on this station for our full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of his word.